Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? What is up, Niners Nation? It is Victory Tuesday. Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Damn, I still feel good after that game. Tim, how are you feeling? You know what, John? We're going to go back to how you're feeling. I I think, and and here's why. Because, John, you're the one who lives just outside of Philadelphia. You're the one who is surrounded by Eagles fans. And you're the one who has had to deal with being in the state of Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia, surrounded by Eagles fans Ah. for the last 10 months. So I'm going to go out uh, on a limb here, although I don't think it's much of a limb. I had this vision of John, Monday morning, coffee in hand, bathrobe, maybe a ski cap on <laughs> comes out of his house and he yells the quintessential line from coming to America. Good morning, my neighbors. <laughs> Is John with my vision correct? Fuck you. <laughs> I want to fuck you too. Uh, so I, I think we need to start with you. John. How are you feeling? I feel fantastic. I even on, on Wednesday, I feel fantastic from the game. There are two types of Eagles fans. There's the sane Eagles fan, and then there's the insane Eagles fan. Uh, I, I'm friends with the sane ones, and they're like, that's a good football team. They, under, they, they understand, like, yeah, it was just it was just trying to stand in front of a rolling train. It wasn't going to happen. The insane ones are just all about, like, oh, I'm fire Nick Sirianni. Can't believe the Eagles would do this. Fire everybody. It's like, okay. Slowly roll, you know, it's fine. I had an HVAC guy over to my house on Monday to, you know, serve as the heat pump. And, you know, of course he wants to talk about the Eagles. And I'm like, <laughs> John, did you deliberately yeah, schedule did you Did you Monday? have any memorabilia showing up? Or? <laughs> no, but he, you know, he was just like, yeah, I mean, we didn't show up. And I see, you know, the other thing is the Eagles have been through a gauntlet. Uh, it's still a really good football team. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but the Niners came in with vengeance on their mind. Uh, and that's a pretty powerful combination. A rested team that just wants to kick the living hell out of you. So, but yeah, I'm feeling great, man. I just feel great. So I'm, I'm not going to go. Well, I'm not going to go on. Uh, I was going to, I was going to sense a little conspiracy theory of your HVAC guy coming over on Monday, right after the Niners, uh, Eagles game. So, you know, in this day and age of conspiracy theories, it might be a little bit of a stretch. But yeah. That game by the 49ers was a, a statement and it was a statement on many levels. I think not only physically, athletically, but mentally. I have not seen a 49ers team take the field like they did in Philadelphia in pregame and the chippiness and the trash talk is starting at a high level. I can only go back to the 90s Cowboys, those classic, classic matchups of both teams just coming in loaded and, you know, fights breaking out even before the game started. That's what this game, that's what this game felt like. And 
the Nyers to come in, they came in with a chip on their shoulder. It seemed like they were tired of hearing about, you know, um, well, no, let me restate that. Um, they felt like they, they, that looked like a team that had something to prove. Now, I'm not ever going to say that the Eagles didn't deserve the NFC Championship. Sports is sports. You know, injuries happen. Uh, but the Niners felt like they had a, a missed opportunity and they wanted to, I think, not only prove to the Eagles, but prove to the national media and the NFL that put on notice like, hey, the, we're the big boys in town. In short, John, they bullied the bullies. Yeah. Brian. Oh, it was, it was great. I, I feel like, you know, Tim said most of what I was going to say, if not more, but, you know, the Niners circled this one December 3, a long time ago when the schedule came out in April or May, and and they felt they, they needed to prove themselves. This was a place where Brock Purdy got hurt. This is a place where both quarterbacks got hurt, Josh, Josh Johnson and Brock Purdy, and when Brock Purdy had to come back in, and they just got overwhelmed the last time, and they were going to come in here. I didn't know if they were going to win, but they were going to be all fired up. So, you know, different people have different ways of firing themselves up. You know, Debo, he talks a lot of smack and he backed it up. Some people, they just like to remain quiet. They just like to internalize things. But this 49ers team, it you're right, Tim, they're just bringing it back to the chippiness of the 90s. I love it. And it's exciting. And it's good for sports because a lot of people, it brings eyes. The Absolutely. national media loves seeing that. And, you know, people want to see winners. People also want to see winners lose. And I think this was just, this was just a great game. I didn't get to watch a lot of it live because I was coming back from, from Sacramento, but I listened to a lot yeah. of it and had to watch it on replay, but it was even better watching it on the replay because you heard all the things that happened on radio and then you mm. were just coming yeah. back to watch it live. So it was, it was just a great day. Was yeah. Great. I was the same way I had to, Brian and I ran the California International Marathon on Sunday and we actually did see a few Eagles fans along the way. Which, uh, which surprised me and in all places, uh, in Sacramento, California, but like Brian, I was listening to, to probably 95% of the game. I listened to Greg Papa, uh, call the game. So my stress level was different one, because I was very tired from running a marathon, but two, it just, it has a different feel when you're listening to the radio and trying not to hit other cars on the freeway. That's just, let's just put that out there. But uh, yeah, like Brian, I, I had to come back and watch this game a couple of times, but John, just like great Thanksgiving leftovers that was even better the next day. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who are listening for the first time, or those of you who have been tuning in, we're three obsessed Niners fans who get together weekly, talk Niners ball. First of all, shout out to everyone who's listening. Last week, we had probably one of our best podcasts ever in terms of streams and, you know, for some reason now we've been streamed in Poland and Spain. As I've said before, we're just three guys like to get tied together and talk ball and have a good time doing it and have a bit of therapy. So apologies that this is a day late, but Tim had to catch a later <laughs> flight. And so, so, but it's still victory Tuesday in my mind. Yeah. You can't do a podcast on a plane. I checked. But anyway, let's let's talk about the game. So you guys obviously had a little bit different experience than I did. I actually started out watching the game upstairs on the TV and the first two series, the Eagles went down, had field goals and the first two series of the Niners were three and out and they, they looked like they yeah. were overwhelmed. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. then I said to myself, I said, self, this TV has bad juju. 
we've got to go downstairs and watch it on the other television. And that's when the Niners rolled. So I've sent an email to Niners headquarters saying that I, I am the reason they won the game because I switched televisions. Uh, I haven't heard back. I, really? <laughs> no, but it was probably <laughs> the most stressful game I've had this year because I wanted them to win so badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, from last year, also because where I live, yeah, uh, but mostly because of last year. So I was in full broth watching the game. I was pacing the entire time. There was a lot of fist popping. There was a lot of go team, oh no! But it was it was awesome, and I didn't call ball game on our text string probably until. They're literally their last gas. Debo's last touchdown. No, I think it was even after that because it was just like, you know, the Jennings yeah. touchdown. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was great. So, but yeah, you guys had a little bit different because uh, congrats to you both for finishing the marathon uh, in Sacramento. I know uh, Tim Piard. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Brian finishes his, his 17th marathon. Uh, oh, so yeah. congrats to him. That's his third this year. So he's, he's in monster shape. Ooh, I don't know about that. I, uh, I'm going to embrace <laughs> the suck and say that I suck this one big time. Um, uh, uh, you know, look, looking to improve for next year. So, you know, well, Brian, but, you got to ease down. You're just grinding metal at this point. Oh, dude. there you go. But I will say, I will say, John, that, uh, uh, Tim and I were sitting outside the yard house in downtown Sacramento because we were waiting for a table to try to sit uh, down and watch the first quarter together. And I, I actually really wanted to see full Tim Niner nervous mode because I hadn't seen that in so long and I wanted to see it just live because we've always been talking about how we all watch games from afar yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. really not something you should aspire <laughs> to do it's not that attractive I'll be the first to admit uh okay but I'm just saying that for <laughs> but um you know there was a point in the after the I remember asking Tim this and I put this on a text thread that after we get our second um three and out and then the mm-hmm. eagles just scored their second field goal or something we're only da- we're down six zip but i said oh, do you think the niners can get the 30 points and then what did tim say you said like not if they're playing like this or, or some that's comment exactly to that mistake. That's yeah exactly what yeah. i said yeah and then i mean boom right after yeah six touchdowns in so, a row so. so let's get into the game a little bit i mean yeah that first quarter i mean the niners we talked about the chippiness in pregame you know some some pushing some shoving some trash talking but the Eagles came out swinging and, you know, the first two drives, they just see like the 49ers were reeling, uh, defense stepped up big, only, only holding them to, uh, to two field goals. And the first, first two Niner positions go three and out. I think they had negative yards. Uh, at that point, the Niners had only, I think a little over two minutes possession in the first quarter, mm-hmm. which tells you all you need to know. So, but I think a key play happens in the early part of the second quarter. The Niners' defense holds. They force Philadelphia punt, uh, which was a, a huge, uh, huge break for them. Because at that point, I think the Eagles had scored on their third possession. I, I think we're talking about a much uh, different ball game here. But you go to the Niners' uh, possession. Uh, they get the ball on their own 15-yard line. They get behind the sticks because of a false start penalty. Purdy hits Ayub to set up a third and three. And then Purdy hit Kittle just past the first down marker for three yards. That Those two plays on second and 15 and third and three changed the course of the game. Because after that, the 49ers started 
exploiting the middle of the field where we knew the Eagles were vulnerable. And they just, at that point, the 49ers started averaging eight yards per offensive play. And that's when they started, you know, that, that was what they scored six straight touchdowns on, on their, on their next six possessions. So I go back to those plays because that I think just said, okay, we're in this thing. The defense is held, but we got to score some points. They did just that. So critical time. And then, you know, the first tenth uh, ended in a 14, uh, six, you still felt Philadelphia was there, but John, the 49er offense, they just kept moving the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian. Yeah, I was. I remember kind of seeing a lot of that stuff on replay. The Niners looked really good. I think, if I remember correctly, gosh, where was I going with this one? Uh, this was the play where Ayuk had that short touchdown snag that looked like he had a bobble in the, yeah, in the end zone. Yeah, that was the first touchdown one. of the game. Oh yeah. yeah, that that was just awesome. And then getting the Eagles back, I just I think you know if we just kind of divvy up to the defense really quick, I, I think the the defense did just an. I'm sorry, the defensive line did an overall really great job of just like, it just seemed like Jalen Hurts, even though he did have his scrambles, he mm-hmm. was mostly in the pocket, like most yeah. of the time. And I'm sure that was by design. They were just closing the the corners just to make sure he wouldn't escape and like do something miraculous and like beat us down, down the field for some miraculous throw. But I think the defense was really, I don't know if the right word is disciplined, but they mm-hmm. just kept him in the pocket the whole time. And then he yeah. it seemed like, even though there wasn't a lot of sacks, I think there were only two sacks by our by our line. But I just I think, think it, was the defense... three, it was three sacks, by the way. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I I just think overall the defensive line held up and well, I'm sure we'll talk about our corners and safeties. Sure. And they Absolutely. did a really good job too of holding yeah. it back too. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there was three critical junctures to the game for the Niners. The first is, as Tim mentioned, getting things going. The really the first was winning the coin toss and deferring Mm -hmm. because once they scored the second touchdown and they go in 14 to six, and then they take the next possession Mm -hmm. and go right back down the field. And now it's 21 to six and it's like, okay, now we've got a two cushion lead. The third big and probably the most pivotal point of the game where I think the Eagles were like, I don't know, man, was after we had the incident with Big Dom and Greenlaw, the Eagles go and score a touchdown, and then they've cut it to a one-score game. It was eight points. Yeah. And then 30 seconds later, Debo catches it and runs it all the way in on some critical blocks from Ronnie Bell and Kittle. And at that point, the Eagles are like, oh, man, we can't. We, if they just keep scoring touchdowns, we can't close the gap. Yeah. Those were, to me, the three critical points of of the game. But, again, I, I, I think I, a, a lot of it was the Philly defense had 92 snaps the week before. They can't, the offense couldn't sustain a long drive. They're gassed. But at the same time, the Niners played awesome. Yeah. So. The- the 49ers never let the C- the, uh, the Eagles, I'm getting my birds confused. I almost said Seahawks. Uh, <laughs> uh, the 49ers never let the Eagles get the momentum back. And I want to go and expand on what you just said, uh, John, because, you know, as you said, the, the Niners had built up a, a 21-6 lead. There's that huge uh, incident uh, with, you know, the, the, the security guard, Big Dom, as, as he's called, Drake Greenlaw getting thrown out. The Eagles score in a drive. 
they still make it a one possession game. If the Niners don't score on that next possession, they even get a field goal. And if memory serves, they did have a couple of third down conversions there. The momentum swings right back to the Eagles and we're in a much different ball game there. But the fact that the 49ers and and all credit to you, I know we're going to talk more about him uh, in a little bit, but the play that he made to not only me catches the ball over middle, but he breaks, he breaks the tackle of, of the linebacker and then just turns on the gas. Yeah. And I think he, I don't, th- I don't know if he dragged the, the last remaining defenders into the end zone, but as you said, John, that was just, you know, okay, the fair, the, the Eagles threw a haymaker and then the 49ers threw a haymaker right back. Yeah. And you bring up big Don and you know, it's something I wanted to yeah. talk to you guys about. Yeah. Uh, when Tim and I talked on Monday, both of us were pretty furious about it. Like, fire him, fire him. But now the news has come out that he had reached out and apologized uh, to Dre Greenlaw. Dre Greenlaw had apologized. So now it's all under the bridge. But I wanted to get your both your initial thoughts, and I was going to kind of put up my referee hat on it and yeah. talk to give my opinion on that. So, Brian, what do you think of the Big Dom incident? I mean, I... You know, I've I've coached youth sports, so I know what what happens. You're definitely not supposed to, you know, players are not definitely not supposed to engage with other coaches or people in the stands. You know, that being said, I think I'm partisan here because I was a Niner fan. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. not expect that. I would not have expected that. Um, I don't think. Let's go back to Greenlaw's hit, though. I don't. I don't. I mean, like if I see the replays, wasn't wasn't uh, Swift still in bounds? So, I mean, he was just taking him down, right? And I know he didn't really like land him on his head or anything, but. Well, he know, didn't I, suplex him. I mean, it was a wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, he I, he I, didn't come up. Yeah. I, but, okay. But I, I think you're right. I, I guess if I, I'm just going back, let's go back to that play. It's, let's go yeah. back to the initial part of that play. So, Green Lot, he probably went a little overboard. We all noticed that on film, and you're going to get called mm-hmm. that. That wasn't going to, mm-hmm. that wasn't going to get called, you know, 10 years ago, but now it's going to get called. So, it was worthy of 15, 15 yards or so. I think we can all agree that Greenlaw did, did deserve like an unfortunate, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. They deserve penalty. Yeah. yeah. But then going to that incident itself, I think my thoughts are, should he, should both of them be dis- disqualified from that game? I, I don't know. I've never seen a, a coach kind of go at it with another fan. <laughs> I mean, with another player. Well, I have. Uh, like well, that. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, I mean, and in, in that in that setting and like that. I don't know, but you know, I'll, I'll ask him, like, what do you, do yeah. you think should have been booted or? Well, I'll, I'll go back. So, I mean, let, let's think. So then I, uh, again, just the, the situation, it, it, the 49ers are up 21, six, you know, about them early mid third quarter It's second and five hurts throws for, you know, 13 yards, you know, for a, a first down and, you know, and it was, it was, it was, it was, it was uh, over to Smith. Yeah, I would have thrown the penalty on Greenlaw. I, I think he's been very close in a couple of his tackles. He's an extremely physical player. We saw something very similar when he, I think, almost suplexed a cowboy running back. I don't remember who the guy was a few weeks ago, and that was not called. Um, but I looked at this again, rewatching the tape, and I see two plays before you can see. A big Dom on the sideline and he's in the coach's box and he's clearly watching the game, engaging with the referees, pointing, applauding. He's clearly, you know, I, I guess, Mr. Fan uh, at this point. 
So my criticism is really at this point, what is he doing in the coach's box? He's not a player. He's not a coach. He's, he's head of security. He is, in my opinion, his job duties do not, should not allow, or he should not be there. You know, so, you know, the play happens, uh, he gets in the middle and, you know, kudos to him for reaching out to, to great Grilla. I think that's a classy move on, on, on his part to say, I was, you know, Hey, I, I got overheated, but you know, he shouldn't have been there in the first place, but, but as the rule states, and John, this is where I want you to come in and put your referee hat on the referees have to follow the, the NFL rules. So, so John, what is the rule in that situation? So the rule is, is that a player cannot touch anyone and in the other on the other team coaching wise. And if he does, he's, he's pretty much automatically ejected and it's, it's silent on non-players. So basically what the refs had to do was they had to toss Greenlaw and award, I think they had awarded another 15 yards. I don't know if I can't remember off the top of my head. But because there's no rule for non-player contact, the Eagles bench couldn't receive a penalty, but they could toss Big Dom. So that's, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of this talk right now about outlawing the brotherly shove, et cetera. This to me is like a rule that needs to be changed. Like if anybody touches anybody, like you're gone. I guess it's, it's as simple as that. On my end, I've refereed enough games. You know things are going to get heated, especially as you got rivalry games. And you roll with it. But you have to maintain player safety and you have to maintain fair play. Mm-hmm. And the rule hampers the referee from calling a penalty on Philadelphia and negating Dre's penalty. So the rule needs to be changed. But on the other hand, and this is one of those things that you talk about when you're either umpiring a baseball or, or basketball game is there is only one person who can talk to me and that's the head coach. Anybody else who talks to me, I'll go to the head coach and go, you need to have him stop talking to me or I'm going to toss him. And in this frame, the referee did the exact right thing and, and tossed him because now he had made himself uh, an incident. And the big thing that, and I'm glad they diffused it because one of the big unwritten rules in any sports is you do not touch the opposing. If you're on that staff, do not touch the opposing team at all. You know, like how many plays have we seen over the years where, you know, a guy goes into the opposing bench and they just let him be and he gets up and he walks out. You know, occasionally there might be some jostling between the guys or mouthing, but there's no touching. That is a big thing. So that's where I think Big Dom stepped over the line. I agree. I don't know why he's there. And if there was a guy on the 49ers who was there, I don't know why he would be there either. Like, yeah. you know, I understand you're part of security, but you should either be in a booth looking at camera screens or you shouldn't have your back to the field looking for crazy people coming out of the stands. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just say, you know, in this situation, it could have gotten a whole lot worse. I oh, mean, yeah. you're a heated moment. You've got players on both sides in, in a big emotional game. And this thing clearly could have gotten out of hand. Fortunately, it didn't. Fortunately, it was not a turning point of the game. And eventually, I think we'll all just kind of, you know, remember it as it happened. It was stupid. 
he did apologize, but you know, we were, we were able to yeah. move, move past it. Um, I will say this. I do think, uh, we see enough about it. Ref did this, ref did that. It's always yeah. on something. This is actually a very, very well officiated game. I agree. And they let him play, but it wasn't, wasn't crazy out of control, especially for two teams that were really going at it. So anyway, let's get on to our keys to victory that we had last week, because I think the Niners did a pretty good job. Number one was contain Hurts. Right. I think they did this pretty well. Yeah, as I, as I said earlier, the defense tried to keep him in the pocket. So, yeah, and I think it seemed like he did have a ton of time to throw. And so I, I'm sure you guys saw that. But our our safeties and our corners, they definitely did a good job. So Gibson and, yeah. and so containing Hurts, he didn't, he didn't seem to have the big play, although there were a couple that he got to. I mean, A.J. Brown did break 100. Uh, Devontae Smith had a couple good good uh, receptions. But, yeah, I, I remember two sacks from Kinlaw. One, he, I think yeah. one Hurts just kind of fell down and tripped. But uh, yeah, I think overall they did a really great job of keeping him in the pocket, and and you know the, our our coverage team kind of did a really good job watching everything from the from the corners. Absolutely, side. yeah, yeah. And I think you know when you when you watch this, how many times did we see Hertz go back? He had a lot of time to throw, and he just was looking around. He's going through his progressions. He just did not, or he was pushed out and had to throw the ball away. So I think, yeah, absolute uh, fantastic job by the 49ers, the secondary and linebackers. Looking at how they were lining up, the basically the 49ers were not going to let Hurts uh, get the big running game. They wanted to contain him. They knew he was going to move the football. They knew that he was going to make, uh, you know, that uh, the two wide receivers could make plays. And they did. They both had big days. But Jalen Hurts on multiple occasions uh, could not find... Uh, could not find or could not find a receiver to throw to, and he never got into uh, a rhythm that we've seen uh-huh. him where he's burned up the teams. Yeah, and Tim, the key other key to victory was was stopping the tush push. Yeah, and it was interesting because I was listening to the um, the Kelsey Brothers podcast today while I was working out, and I thought it was interesting because yeah, at some point they're like, "Look, do what you want to do, change the rules, etc." But my feeling is that. I don't think they need to ban it because they're just really good at it. But I thought what the Niners did a very good job of was not letting them get into a situation where they yeah. could use it. No, that's right. Yeah, that's definitely right. Yeah. And John, I, I can point to, I mean, we saw it uh, in, on uh, the Eagles touchdown, uh, first touchdown in the, I think the first touchdown of the game for them uh, in the second half on, on that uh, drive where Greenlaw was thrown out. They ran it for two yards, get out of the one, and they were just basically, you know, ran it right, right in the next play to score. But you go into the late third quarter. Uh, this was after Debo Samuel had scored. It was uh, at this point, 28, uh, I think 28, uh, 13 at that point. The Eagles, they got third and eight on their own 27. Kurt scrambled for five yards. They had a fourth in. You call it three, two and a half at the 32. And I was anticipating them. To yeah, I was too. Right there. And I was really surprised that Sirianni did not go for it. There's some speculation that he was concerned about Hertz's health right now. He did have to leave the game. He had to go through concussion protocol. But when he chose not to do it there, I know it's on your 32. I know it's a little longer than a yard. But to me, that was going to your point, John, is that the 49ers weren't giving them those optimal situations to, to, do, the, to do that play, to do, to do the, uh, the Burley push. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, the other thing, Brian, that they did a very good job of, there were no turnovers in this game. Yeah. Yeah. No one had a, no one had a pick, no one had a fumble or that was lost. Yeah. I mean, I think the Niners just played an overall clean game. The Eagles did too, although they just didn't move the ball. Mm -hmm. I think they just, they both played great. I think there's just the Niners defense just played a whole lot stronger. Um, but yeah, no, no turnovers, no changes on the plus minus, but I mean, that was good for us. It was good that the Eagles couldn't stop, you know, our offense, but, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, nothing there. And Tim, let's talk about both offensive lines. Eagles offensive line, I thought played pretty well. I think they're an outstanding Uh, offensive line. Right. But the Niners offensive line wasn't exactly, you know, bag of scrubs. I mean, I thought they actually played. No, no, well, they played pretty well as well. You, you you score six straight touchdowns. I think you're doing something right <laughs> yeah. on your offensive line there. So yeah, I know the offensive line. I think Purdy was sacked. I, I think twice, but for a total of four yards. So you know, I, I, that's not you know anything that was a constant killer. Like he did face pressure, but he has the ability to extend those plays to roll out. In one case. Um, you know, in, in on the Niners' first touchdown a drive, I think when he broke a tackle and took a hit out of bounds, and I was like, "Well, I'd, I'd rather he not do that because we don't need a repeat of him getting or any injuries uh, in that." But uh, yeah, John, the, the offensive line I thought played uh, very well. I mean, like I said, six touchdowns, but you know, and McCaffrey constantly had great running lanes uh, to go through. The Niners put up. 146 yards on the ground, you know, passing three tenths. So you put up 456 yards against the Eagles in their home stadium after what we saw in the FC Championship game. Yeah, I'd say the 49ers offensive line did pretty well. And I would say left side, strong side. Well, I think the key I to mean, it was Trent Williams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what that was the key to the game. You know, and and Colton McKivitz didn't give much of anything to Hassan Reddick. So, you know, I know he was the one who was uh, responsible for the UCL injury. But, uh-huh. yeah, you didn't hear much from uh, Hassan Reddick. Maybe, you know, his name every now and then. But you didn't hear Colton's name. I think he had a sack. Yeah, a sack. yeah. But you didn't, you didn't hear Colton McKivitt's name getting lit up. No, like, you, you didn't. You know, Colton? as being, yeah. Colton has been solid. Yeah. Well, let's get on to stars of the game. Not just solid, but stars. I think the first star has to go to Debo. I mean, three touchdowns, talked smack all week, and then just shows up and shows out. I mean, what a game. He just like like classic Debo, and there's only so much you can say about it in terms of just what he was able to do during that game. So, yeah, big star. First star goes to Debo. Really carried the load. Great to have him back. Looking forward to see uh, what else he can do in the weeks ahead. Brian, do you have a star of the game? You know, I'm going to go for the inobvious first because I know who you guys are going to pick. So I'm going to go with the defense, number one. And I'm going to talk about the the first two Philly drives because they held them to those two field goals. Yeah. Um, if they If they gave up two touchdowns, just like what Tim was saying, we're going to be talking about a different ball game and mm-hmm. the Niners will be playing catch up the whole entire game. Um, and it just took one touchdown drive to get the lead back, which mm-hmm. was pretty, pretty quick. So, you know, I guess uh, as, a, as a fan watching that game, you thought if you were telling about the time of possession, Tim, you were saying, what was it like uh, 13 to two in that first quarter? You would in have the thought first that, quarter, yeah. Yeah. You would have yeah. thought the Niners would be down big. 
but I'm going to give it up to the defense, although they only had two or three sacks. Overall, they played a much tighter game. They, you know, talk about the corners, the safeties. I think there were, what I have here, four pass deflections for Ambry Thomas. No, three for Ambry Thomas and then four for Chavarius Ward. I just think they were everywhere. So my whole, my start of the game is going to be the defense because they kept, they kept everything in front of them. They didn't seem to be kind of uh, out of position and they just always seem to be there making all the right plays. So that's my start of the game. Yeah, 46 rushing yards. Hertz had 20 of them. They sacked three times, but the, yeah, the great coverage by the DBs. How many times has Hertz looking downfield saw nothing? Yeah. Tim. Start well, he, he, well, you got to go with Brock. I mean, a year ago, who is this guy? A year later, MVP candidate. Yeah. Four touchdowns. You know, what, what do you have in terms of throwing, in terms of how many yards? I'll check this right here. Uh, over, the, yeah, 310 yards. Of, of passing 314 to be to be exact um four touchdowns i mean wow just yeah. wow constantly i mean he just john john as you have said we've watched 49 quarterbacks for so many years and we've watched some that we hope would become stars and, and as you said and i won't name the quarterback's name but as you said he didn't have it well yeah <laughs> brock purdy has it yeah he does my start of the game is gonna be cmc he just continues to be the energizer bunny. I think I, I yeah. sent you guys a, a video of him doing workouts during the summer. And I'm like, dear God, like, I mean, he just, he is, he's 120 yards of offense. He just keeps going and going and going. And he's, you know, the biggest thing about CMC is that in, in Carolina, they weren't really using him as this kind of power back that their Niners are using him a little bit now. Mm -hmm. uh, but then all of a sudden you see him on a wheel route, catch a ball like like it's nothing. And all of a sudden, yeah. he's luck. The other thing that CMC had, he picked up a lot of blitzes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. And I mean, he's just, he's just out there being the team guy. Yeah. I still can't believe we have him on our team. It's been just about a year. It's like... <laughs> I, 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 you know, that wheel route, I think that was on a third and two, you know, and, um, the play before I, we, I, we got to give an A for effort on this one where yes. Fletcher Cox had him wrapped up. He sort of spun him around and then CMC does his best. This is why he's a football player and he's not a Hollywood actor kind of throws himself around in IBS. I don't know if he was trying to scream an obvious pain, but the referee is just laughing at him. Like, yeah. no, I'm not yeah. biting on that one, Good. but. Got to give CMC a for effort on his acting regimen on that particular play. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I want to thank the Carolina Panthers for, not only did we get CMC, but we also got Steve Wilkes. Yeah. Well, you oh, can't yeah. this folks that are there in Carolina. Oh, it's, come on. That's going to bite you. That's, uh, don't, don't mess with karma, John. Uh, Tim, this is Commanders 2.0. I just, I'm not going there. I'm not going. There. So those you said you switch TVs, you switch TVs because of bad mojo. I'm not saying anything bad, you know, about Carolina because okay, 20 years from now, when guy is taking over the world, they're going to be like the world beaters and all of you to blame. Sure. So few honorable mentions, Tim, you had one because yeah, it's the Grant Cone special. Yeah. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, I've been rooting for this guy for, you know, all year. Uh, he has battled through, uh, some, you know, horrible injuries, 
And, you know, even though he's not going to become the player that we drafted him to be, he was not going to, you know, replace DeForest Buckner. Um, he has turned in what I think is a solid season. And in this game, he had, well, last year in the NFC Championship game, he was thoroughly pushed around uh, in, in the middle. Uh, he had a yeah. terrible game. Comes back this game. He has two sacks, two tackles, two assists, and two tackles for losses. So great job, Javon Kinlaw. If you're listening, shout out, keep up the great work. I'm thrilled to see this guy have such a great comeback here. Yeah, that was awesome. My honorable mention actually goes to George Kittle. This was actually a late addition because I just rewatched the highlights. And while George Kittle's stat line wasn't, wasn't, I mean, he had some, he had an amazing catch and run. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but really what the honorable mention goes to is on Debo's first end around. He blocks one guy and then proceeds to go and block the other. So he actually had two guys blocked on that play. And then on Debo's next touchdown, he blocked a guy the entire way down the field. <laughs> it's such a spirit of the team and the mentality that the Niners are, are going with. And you know, they're getting him involved more, which is great. But yeah, honorable mention to George just for the blocking and, and springing Debo loose. So, uh, Ryan, any honorable mentions for you? Yeah, you put this on the list here, but Juwan Jennings. So I, this is what I wanted to say. So he always seems to come up with one play of the game that we're always going to talk about. So it was the week before, was that th long third and seven. And this week was his touchdown where he had that um, awesome stiff arm on, was it Eli Ricks, uh, pushing him down to the ground and just coasting in for that touchdown. So and that first one of the year. Yeah. Oh, is that for the first him. one of the year? Oh, first first one of the year. year. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, it. He's one of those receivers who he, he's not, he, he's not, he's not the main focal point. He's not Debo. Uh, he's not CMC. He's not George Kittle, but he seems like he always blocks. Well, he's always in the right place at the right time. He always runs his routes really hard. So, you know, he's my honorable mention. So if you're listening, uh, Jawan Jennings from Tennessee, great job. Love, love the work that you're doing. So. Well, I don't think Jawan's in Poland, but, <laughs> but we'll see. So, uh, it's now one of our favorite listeners. And I just thought it's all sunshine and lollipops. It's side time. <laughs> I feel oh, like we need to have like a theme music when you say it's not all sunshine. And again, lollipops. I don't, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to add it. <laughs> Maybe next year. Maybe next okay. year we can add, we can add music. Can um, you increase our budget for that? I mean, my budget? Yes. <laughs> Places we can improve. Tim, where can we improve a bit? Well, I mean, if you had said the Niners were going to get off to a slow, uh, a slow start uh, offensively in Philly, I, I would have said it would have been very difficult. You know, fortunately, as, as we have pointed out, as Brian has pointed out, the defense held, they, they bent, they did not break, and the offense got rolling in the, in the second quarter. So, you know, that's, that was an area I think we needed to start fast. We didn't do it, but that's not something you want to do consistently against a quality team like Philadelphia. And as you said, John, they're a damn good football team. Yeah. Brian? Any places you think we can improve? You know, I'm trying to think of things on the defense, but, you know, the rushing game, we did help them down to, what, 46 yards, so that was great. Yeah, but yeah. in terms of the receivers, you know, there's always seems to be a receiver, too, that always breaks 100 against us. So if it's, yeah, you know, if it's Metcalf. And this year, I mean, this game, you know, I know we had, they have two great receivers in Devontae and Najee Brown. So, um, you know, I guess if, if there was anything, um, you know, Teams know when to, I guess, break, if we're playing zone, if we're playing man, you know, there's just seems to be sometimes some soft moments kind of in the middle, like when, when people are doing receivers or, or players are doing crossing routes, 
there's just mm-hmm. something always seems to be opening up every now and then. And, you know, I don't have anything kind of on film to necessarily say, but I, I just think maybe we could probably just do a better job of just, just keeping the, you know, the plays in front of us and just making sure they make the tackles and, and trying not to get those receivers to, to break us. So, I mean, although yeah, those guys didn't have any, any touchdowns. So yeah, that, that, th- that was the nitpick. If I, yeah, was I, I think the biggest thing I've seen so far on defense is, is this the missed tackles and Jair Brown had two big ones uh, early in the game. You know, it's, you just, you know, a guy like AJ Brown, you just have to just try and get your, your body attached to him somehow. And you know, hopefully the cavalry will come, but that, that was about it. I think if the Niners clean up the missed tackles, they're going to be pretty formidable. So one, one, that, one, one thing on that comment, John, talk about missed tackles. They seem like every touchdown that Debo had, there were oh, yeah. players right yeah. in front of him. <laughs> so yeah. that's, yeah, that's he's hard team. I'm glad. <laughs> well, that brings us to one of my favorite parts of the show. Snyder's Trivia Talk with Brian. Okay. So since we just had Seattle trivia, I'll, I'll just kind of, you know, I, some, some questions here I made a little fun. Oh, hey, uh, Brian, yeah. Brian, real quick, and I just want to know what, what you're going up against. When my brother was here recently, we had a trivia box of San Francisco sports trivia. Oh, gosh. Uh-huh. And my brother, I said, I don't know if my brother can do 20 in a row. And Vivi's like, I'll ask the question. Vivi's my daughter. He did 20 in a row. Right. He did 21. 21. And he almost got tripped up on one, but, but ended up getting it. So I'm just saying you have a tall mountain to climb. Ugh. Okay, well, okay. those questions I knew very well. Brian throws. Brian, I got to reach into the dark depths of my brain for some of these answers. So, um, but yeah, that, that was uh, that was both uh, impressive by me and also frightening that I knew that much and uh, frankly so little about everything else in life. I'm curious, what was the last question that tripped you up where you didn't get? It was the question was I don't remember the exact question, but the answer was Jeff Garcia, and it was something oh, like the question was like. Name our Niners quarterback who then played for the Browns, Eagles, Raiders, and I think the Saints. Yeah. He was with the Saints? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think. I don't. Yeah. It was something like that. And I had to rack my brain, rack my brain. And I, and I, I had to sit there for like five minutes. And I think everybody was like waiting. And I, then all of a sudden, <laughs> I, like, I almost jumped. I think I jumped out of my chair. And I screamed, Jeff Garcia. Anyway, <laughs> it was over Thanksgiving holiday, so it was with family, and it was it was it was fun. But I was I was, I was, I was kind of proud of myself. Ooh, that sounds like a good gift. That's something I'll have to tell <laughs> tell Jen about. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, question number one. Um, in twenty twenty three, CMC breaks one thousand. Twenty fourteen was the last time before our uh, our beloved running back Frank Gore broke in one thousand broke one thousand in twenty fourteen. Who are the one and two running backs between 15 and 22 who were close to 1,000 but didn't break it? Number one and number two. I want to say Carlos Hyde. And I'll say Raheem Osser. Okay. Carlos Hyde and Raheem Mostert. All right. Number two, um, beloved Seattle Seahawks running back. Marshawn Lynch. Beloved, what? it is a beloved is a subjective term on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Beloved in Seattle. Uh he's beloved in Oakland, though. So what yeah, high yeah. school 
What high school did he go to? What college did he go to? And what's his favorite snack? Well, I'm going to get to the second and the third one. Yeah. He went to Cal and his favorite snack is Skittles. Yep. I want to say he went to Skyline High School. I was going to say Skyline. Skittles, Berkeley, and Skyline High. All right. Number three. What did Steve Largent, where did Steve Largent go to college? The famous Seattle wide receiver. And what was his main job post the NFL? Uh, I'll, I'll do the post NFL, Tim. You can do the college. Okay. Oh, post NFL, he went to the House of Representatives. Tim? College, you know, I was going to say because I believe he was elect from Oklahoma, so I will say something like Oklahoma State. All right, so Oklahoma State and representative. All right, and then number four. I thought this was a fun question. This is more like a um, a question and answer and see if you guys can get it like I did last week for, mm -hmm. for quarterbacks in their colleges. So, but these are based on TV shows set in Seattle. Okay, so number one, psychiatrist on the radio. Razor on. Number two, reality, of, reality show of 20-somethings. Real world. Real world. Number three, a hospital drama. Well, ER was in Chicago, so it wasn't any race. Yeah. Crazy anatomy. Crazy anatomy. Number four, a Nickelodeon show about teens hosting a web show. Well, that was oh. way past the time I stopped watching Nickelodeon. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going with I'm going with Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Whatever that. I'll, I'll say. You know what? I'll I'll, I'll go. Oh, really? I'm going to go really old school. I know it's not the right answer, but I just want to say. It. I'll say double dare. Double dare. Okay. <laughs> Slime time. Oh man. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. All right. We'll do the answers in a bit. Well, we're continuing our bird theme. First was Seahawks, then it was the Eagles, and now we're on to the Seahawks again. So. Uh, obviously it's not like it was on Thanksgiving, nationally televised game, big holiday, et cetera, but it is still the Seahawks and the Seahawks last week played the Cowboys. They've had an extra three days. They played well, uh, offense was, was rolling and came very close to knocking off the Cowboys and in a game, I weirdly didn't really know who wanted to win. <laughs> so Sam, you are. Our resident Seattle hater. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts on this week's game? Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind is uh, an emotional letdown. And, you know, John, you you and I have talked. We always go back to the Saints game in 2019. Mm -hmm. Niners have an enormous victory on the road. They came back to Levi's and they lost to a Falcons team that didn't make the playoffs, didn't even have a winning record. So that I think is the, you know, the first task of the 49ers this week, as you said, Seattle, I guess an, an extra three days. Yes, they are at 500 right now. They've lost four in a row. The, the defense has given up, I think 78 points in the last two games. So they're reeling, but this is a well-run organization. This is a proud organization and you never, ever get complacent on Pete Carroll. Mm -hmm. So oh, the 49ers, they, they got, you know, they got to go in and take care of business. I, I'm personally envisioning this to be kind of a, 
more of an ugly, sloppy game. Uh, I think it has the potential for that. You know, certainly the one that the 49ers need to win to stay within striking distance of the number one seed. But 49ers are also playing for to clinch a playoff spot, which they can do with a victory this Sunday. In addition to, I think, either a Green Bay loss or a Minnesota loss, they'll, they'll clinch a playoff spot. So there's a lot to keep the 49ers motivated here. Question for you. What was the last time Seattle won at Levi's? Was it? Oh, that's, that's easy. That would have been that's easy. Um, that <laughs> one I want to remember was 2021. Oh, that's that, right. Yeah. Yeah. Find any thoughts on the game? Any keys you feel that they need to do for keeping the winning streak rolling? And I'm trying to think back to what we talked about just a week and a half ago, right? For mm -hmm. two weeks ago. But I remember because that game was in Seattle. So we were obviously mm -hmm. trying to work on the crowd noise and the offensive line was kind of sketchy with, with Burford might have been potentially not playing. I think this game, we might not have Armstead, right? So yeah, it's looking that, that's something to contend with to, to make sure we have somebody on the interior line who's going to step up. You know, their receivers are always kind of a big threat, Lockett and Metcalf and, uh, you know, uh, their running backs, Walker, and who's that new guy? Ch Charbonnet. Um, mm -hmm. Charbonnet. Yeah, Charbonnet, who's done, who's done pretty well. So, you know, even though Kenny Walker's not, not out, I mean, he might not be playing, you know, Charbonnet, he's, he's, uh, he's no slouch either. So I think, you know, as Tim was saying, I think we just have to make sure we don't let this game be a letdown and, and, you know, they have some proven players and we just need to make yeah. sure we, uh, you know, stop them. Yeah, said. I'll just, you know, with those two receivers, I mean, we saw, you know, both uh, the Eagles receivers have uh, uh, decent games against the 49ers. So they were putting up some good numbers um, in the meeting this earlier than I asked for really, Travis Ward had probably his, his, I think, one of his best games, if not the best game uh, of the year uh, covering uh, Metcalf. But, you know, he was, Ward was able to do that in two games and against the Seahawks last year. Uh, then Metcalf went off in the wild card game, the obviously the one that Niners were able to win. But you know that just goes to to Brian's point. They have proven players, um, and you know I, I like I said, you you can't get complacent against this team. Lockett and Metcalf are two very physical, uh, very very good receivers that can uh, break a game wide open with a deep pass, drawing a pass interference penalty. So, uh, but we also need to get John's thoughts here. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is the Eagles play the Cowboys uh, Sunday night. And that is a huge game. Uh, for basically, will help decide the NFC East. The Cowboys have not beaten anybody with a winning record. So obviously, they want to say, hey, we are the ones, you know, who are the best team and nobody's taking us seriously and we're, you know, et cetera. So they want to beat the Eagles. Obviously, the Eagles want to right the ship and keep one game ahead of the Niners. For, for the Niners to keep putting pressure on the Eagles, you have to win. So I think their motivation will still be there to get that one seed because they know that what an advantage it is. The Niners have a lot more talent and are clicking much better than Seattle is right now. I thought. Pete Carroll coming out and blaming the refs for throwing too many flags was kind of asinine. It was just like sour grapes kind of stuff because like, dude, your, your team was playing super sloppy. Like that's on you, not on the refs. Like they're just calling it as they see it. And they might call it tight. They might call it 
loose, but if they're calling it tight, you, your athlete should be able to adjust. So I think the Niners should be able to take care of business, but it's Seattle. And you look at this week on Monday Night Football as the Jags versus the Bengals. The Bengals have some no-name quarterback from UW yeah. against Trevor Lawrence. What happens? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence goes out of the game. The no-name quarterback has a great game, and you know they ended up winning in overtime. Any, so any any given Sunday, any given Sunday. So I think I think the Niners will have the motivation. I don't think they're going to have a letdown game. I think they need to keep doing what they've been doing. Let Purdy cook. Keep that left side rolling uh, along. Don't let the Seattle Seahawks breathe and just take care of business. Uh, they are at home. They've done very well at home, except for that one game against the Bengals. So I think I'm feeling pretty good about this game. But, you know, until you start playing, you never know. So say last, I think the only thing I was going to ask, and then I'm looking it up right now, I'm just curious to see what the line is on the game right now. And the 49ers are favored by 10 and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's, yeah. Seattle's reeling right now. I mean, mm-hmm. and they know that the Rams are pretty much right on their ass to try and get that last playoff spot. So same with the Packers. Both teams, the Packers and the Rams, are playing really good football down the stretch. And the Seahawks look like they're fading a bit. So, but again, we'll see. I mean, you got to play the game. Yeah. And right and, now, everybody's ready to crown a Super Bowl champions. I'm like, we still got a ways to go. Yes, we do. We, 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 we were feeling pretty good after we beat Dallas. And then exactly. we went to something Cleveland. we didn't want to talk. <laughs> we went to Cleveland. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, we, we talked about, like, you know, after that five game winning streak in the beginning of the year. And then mm-hmm. like, oh, are they peaking too soon? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. then they lost three in a row. And yeah, now they've, so, they've won four in a row. Are they peaking too soon again? You know, well, like, you know. the three of us learned our lesson, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we're in December and, and Kyle Shanahan's teams play well in December. So yes, uh, I think we're going to be okay. But again, you got to put points on the board. Let Purdy keep doing what he's doing and, and you know, lean on your stars. And hopefully there's no injuries and, and we just go in and take care of business. Uh, and then let let the Seahawks, not the Seahawks, the Eagles and Cowboys decide, you know, who's going to be the number one uh, in the NFC East. So, you know, really quick to wrap up on the Eagles piece. So, you know, they're playing Dallas, as you said, John, on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. But then after that, they're playing Seattle again. So, I mean, they're playing Seattle right after that. Yeah. And then and then they supposedly have a cake schedule of New York, Arizona and then New York. Yeah. So, you know, you're right. The Niners are going to want to stay focused because they may not get much help from those other teams kind of at the end. So, so. so you're saying I have to cheer for the Cowboys and the Seahawks. And this is, I can't do this. <laughs> right. We need to go to final thoughts. We need to wrap this up. I don't like this. I don't like well, this at all. Before we get to final thoughts, let's, let's oh, man. have yeah, Brian let's get answers. <laughs> How we did in Niners trivia. Uh, okay, so number one, 2023, CMC breaks 1,000. Last time was Frank Gore, who broke it in 2014, who had the most yards between 15 and 22, one and two. So, John, you said? Carlos Hyde. He did in 2016. He had 988 yards. And then, Tim, you oh, were saying? It was Elijah Mitchell in 21. He had 963. Oh, oh. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Almost. I was surprised by that too. I actually thought it was Mostert when I was looking at No, that just because he would really, I mean, Shane was running him uh, extensively in 21. Yeah. 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 I missed that one. Okay. 
Number two, name the high school, the college, and the favorite snack of Oakland legend and Seattle favorite Marshawn Lynch. So I said Skyline, Cal, and Skittles. Cal and Skittles are right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So high school was Oakland Tech. Number three, great wide receiver Steve Largent of Seattle. Which college did he go to? What was his main job post the NFL? Uh, John, you was you said his job was House of Representatives. Correct. He was a congressman in Oklahoma. Uh, he was a GOP congressman there. And so Tim, close. You said Oklahoma State University of Tulsa was the answer there. All so, right. Well, I got the state right. Yeah, there you go. All right. Last four. The last, the fourth question was like just kind of a fun one about shows set in Seattle. Psychiatrist on the radio. Razor. Reality TV show of 20 somethings. Real world. Real world. A hospital drama. Grey's Anatomy. And then the last one, the Nickelodeon show of teens hosting a web show. <laughs> I said double terror. Very double close. Girl. No. Really? No. And no. Uh, iCarly. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, it's probably I, about I 10 years remember. ago. Yeah. On, on another note, I brought this up for my brother because I was, we were talking about our stats of how, how we're huge in Poland. The movie Singles, where the, the band was like, but we are big in Belgium. <laughs> oh, man. So I remember, and I remember that movie Singles podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, it was a great movie. I was yeah, going to ask, name the rapper you, from Seattle who, name two rappers from. And there's one more who's another big one in the 80s, 90s. Kurt Cobain. He's not he a rapper. He's a screamer. I know, John, I'm joking. Uh, he he likes big butts. Oh, really? So lot. Yeah, he's from no, Seattle. Right. <laughs> there you go. All no, right. Trivia. <laughs> there you go. All, All right. right. Final thoughts, Brian. Think we're going to see the Eagles again? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. I have a lot of coworkers who are from the Delaware, Philadelphia area. So they've been in my ear about, um, you know, how much that game was an aberration. And we will meet again. So I guess it remains to be seen from my perspective if it's going to be in Santa Clara or if it's going to be in Philadelphia. So, yeah. Tim? Tim? Very likely. You know, we're now in the home stretch. Um, you know, the Niners, these are the games, you know, we got Seattle, uh, these are the games you have to win. You can't lose your position, uh, this time, but, but yeah, I think very likely we see the Eagles again in the playoffs. So <laughs> ironically, so when we did the Cowboys podcast and we were saying, do you think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs? I said, no, <laughs> and I said, no, 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 no. So take all of this with a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. I do not think we will see the Eagles again. I think the Niners really exposed how to attack the Eagles defense in the middle. And I don't think the Eagles can fix it. I know they just signed Shaq Barrett, um, but that is really hard to fix. Uh, So you'll see, again, the Cowboys game coming up this weekend. You're going to see a lot of CD Lamb going across the middle like Devo. I, this is my prediction. Again, take it with a grain of salt because I said they were going to yeah. do that. I think we'll see the Cowboys in the playoffs before they see the Eagles. Well, here's, here's where I'll, I'll disagree with you, John. I, th- I think there's, there's two things there. One, there's still Jalen Hurts, who mm-hmm. is just the guy can do 
things that just about any other quarterback in the NFL, including Purdy, cannot. Uh, he just has that athletic uh, ability uh, to make uh, amazing plays. The Eagles have also been very clutch in these close games. And to your point, yes, the 49ers exposed the Eagles last week, but no team in the NFL has the weapons that the 49ers have. And that, I think, includes uh, the Cowboys. So I will respectfully disagree. <laughs> and I will say, I think it's very likely we see the Eagles again. Well, that's why we watch the games. Yeah. All right. Well, Niners Nation, we apologize for being a day late. It was United Airlines' fault. We are a dollar short. However, we really thank you all for listening to us each week. We'll be back on Tuesday of next week to distribute on Wednesdays. And between now and then, keep the faith. Talk to you all later. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.